So hello and welcome to the Court Games Podcast. I mean the Discord L5R Podcast. No, 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 the Court oh, Games geez. Podcast. Um, with me, your host, Finbar, uh, otherwise known as Steelfur. Konnichiwa, this is Trevor Cuba, also known as Kikita Onimaru. You know, and we are here. Um, how has your week been, Trevor? Mine's been fairly chilled. I've uh, been, been freezing. very busy working on some side projects, uh, hopefully to do something revolving the community soon but we'll get to that later much later yep wait when you have a plan <laughs> i have a um, plan yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you tell you what i have not been doing i have not been trying to take over the discord server by rebranding it as the court game server <laughs> yeah no definitely i think that was just a bit of um a bit of a kerfuffle that happened during the week uh, it, I mean, generally, we are trying to work on a brand for all things L5R Discord community related, um, not just this podcast um, and all the other stuff that we've been talking about um, in terms of sort of like the website and things like that. But there was definitely some confusion where people thought that we were hijacking the server, uh, when in fact, of course, we are a podcast for the server, um, supposed to talk about all your server community issues uh, and that yeah. sort of thing. So. It was just something of a branding snafu and stuff. This place is, uh, the L5R Discord server is for L5R first and foremost, and the, the the podcast, the court games brand, while contributing to a lot of that is just a very small part of that. Yeah, exactly. And here for the community and, and not the other way around, I think is the most important thing. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of stuff happening, isn't there? So I mean, of course, we have we have like the crane pack due out. The unicorn pack just came out. I haven't even bought my copy yet. The crane pack is. I mean, you were saying it's rumored to come out at, what the end of the month or something like that. Still up in the air, but Alliance Distribution as it's slated to come out on the twenty fifth. And that is the largest distribution network that's in America. I don't know what Europe uses. Yeah, all local game stores have been reporting in that they have it, uh, the product scheduled to be shipped on the 25th. So that is, that's quite interesting because, of course, we, we kind of know now that the Unicorn sort of pack came out late. Um, but then if it's coming out now, then clearly they haven't decided to delay the crane pack to space out the content. They probably just wanted to get it into people's hands because it's ready. Well, keep on. Everything this year so far has been late, and this is very, if, if I, as far as I could tell, a effort to get FFG back on the track that they wanted to. Uh, this is probably a, a prime example of why Fantasy Flight rarely gives you dates on when products are going to release because delays happen and then everything it just screws up the entire schedule. Uh, Children of the Empire was scheduled to be coming out very early, I believe, in January of this year. Uh, they had a distribution. Ep- uh, error of some sort which pushed it back unfortunately if you have something in january and it gets pushed back into like february that's the start of chinese new year yeah interrupts <laughs> a lot of distribution for any kind of shipping anyone wants to do from china over to america yeah, so really get sure. a two-month delay so what i believe what we're seeing right now with this quick announcement of the crane pack well keep in mind as of as of this recording it has not been officially announced i imagine by the time this episode is released we're going to get some concrete information for this but this appears to me uh an effort to get back on track because fantasy flight has this effort where they said last year they want to get all the clan packs out they want to get all the individual packs out uh on a month-by-month basis so we're going clan pack neutral pack clan pack neutral pack yeah and i think the worst thing would be if you know say like the next cycle was delayed and maybe the last pack wasn't ready for worlds and i think 
that's the sort of thing you kind of have to be worried about because we really need to get those cards out. Um, but when you're talking about once a month instead of six and six, you do have a long sort of lead-in time where you just need to be getting those packs out regularly into people's hands and it just needs to work. Otherwise, they're not going to be ready for the tournaments. Which, of course, takes us in nicely, of course. So we've got the name of the third cycle pack. Uh, so for the Empire, Bonds of Blood, and now Justice for Satsume. Why Satsume needs justice, I don't want to tell you because, you know... He died of natural causes. For those who don't know, uh, Satsume is referring to Doji Satsume, who was the Emerald Champion for the Empire. Uh, he was also the Crane Champion. He's the father of Hotaru and Kuwanin and uh, Shizue. Yeah, very odd for someone to hold those two roles at the same time, by the way. It is reasonably often that if someone was a champion, Emerald Champion, they would pass on the Clan Championship. It's a bit odd. However, Koto Toturi is doing the exact same thing right now. For for now, at least. For now. I mean, the, the, the story implication was that the Lion Clan higher brass kind of pushed him into becoming the Emerald Champion to kind of distance himself from the clan to kind of slide someone else into that position. They'd much rather be leader of the clan, so... Yeah, and I mean, this is quite interesting as well, of course, because the original world's decision was whether Doji uh, Kuanan, who's Hattori's uh, brother, um, is, you know, was, was asked whether he should seek justice or revenge, and, it, you know, he chose justice, but by all accounts at that point, um, Satsume's death was considered to have just been of natural causes, so we're now starting to see the sort of revelation of that original world's decision come through, you know, did he die of natural causes? Didn't he? I don't think Kunoan thinks that he did. The, the story as it as it states right now is uh, Kuwanin is very convinced that there was foul play afoot in the death of Satsume and yeah. he wishes to uncover the, uh, the identity of the murderers. Uh, Hotaru, who very famously does has not had a good relationship with her father. He was very strict on her as she was being brought up to one day lead the Crane clan, and she blames her yeah. for a poor childhood and the death of their mother. She's just totally content to say, hey, the magistrate said it was an accident. I'm just going to not look into it because I don't really care about this guy. Yeah. And these are like small spoilers, but they are a story that's been around for quite a while now, which means everyone except me has probably caught up with them. Well, I will say that these are these are small spoilers and stuff. This is this upfront story and stuff. If you want to go more in depth and stuff, I'm not going to say any more. But look into the Fantasy Flight's beginner box set and also the free adventure, the first one they published that is available on the Fantasy Flight website. If you want to learn more about uh, the fate of uh, Doji Satsume. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's not much of a spoiler to say that the beginner's box extension starts with Satsume's ghost coming up to you and being like hey guys <laughs> it's literally the first two seconds anyway that's a whole other discussion so <laughs> moving on so like the other news of course is that the season two of the elemental championships will be starting soon but i think we talked before you know those have been very successful they've got a really good sort of like meaty feel to them yeah, these Elemental Championships have been a great boon to the community. A lot of people want to engage in some high-level tournament play without necessarily driving for 8 to 10 hours to a major event. Yeah, exactly. And of course, with the world's invite on the table, these are serious events. People who don't necessarily have the funds or the ability or necessarily feel they have the skill to invest all that stuff can go to something that's much more local, 
play a few rounds, find some pretty good. Like I said, some of the people in my play group who haven't been had a chance to go into any co-ties just because they don't have the uh, ability to do so, they went to an elemental championship and did quite well. So finding people, some diamonds in a rough out here in these elemental championships. <laughs> yeah, that is good. And then because they feel serious, everyone puts a bit more focus into them and getting ready for them. Uh, which definitely makes the quality a lot higher as well. Now, of course, the main point of the Elemental Championships is getting the votes together for your new clan roles. Uh, Again, rumours speculate that by the end of this month, we'll have a tally out of what roles your clan has voted for. Remember that each clan voted separately for whether they wanted Keeper or Seeker, and then voted for the element that they wanted. So you may end up with a Keeper role and a different element than you wanted, but the good news is, is there can be duplicates and hopefully every clan will get something that will do them very well for Worlds. Uh, and of course, you will be losing a role as well. I'd be rather interested to see who, what clans ended up voting for what as kind of a thesis of how on brand are all the uh, various clan communities with each other. Famously, the last vote we had, we had the uh, Crab Clan, who their top vote gave them the worst possible role they could ask for, and they were rather upset about it, but I could only ask myself, like, who can you blame but yourselves? Everybody else got what they wanted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a thing where it's like, oh, the competitive players are saying this, but everyone else wants this role, Um, and then you've just ended up with, like, Seeker of Earth, and you're like, well, what do do we even do with this? (laughs) There are no good cards. Like, I think a lot of clans have, like, their favourite role, like, I know for Dragon it's Keeper of Water, but I think if we ended up with an air role, we'd, we'd be fine as well. I think there's there are a lot of good roles now, there are a lot more good roll-locked cards to use and rely on for variation, um, so I'm just hoping that each clan gets something they want. Uh, wanted to get a couple of sponsors and plugs out of the way and stuff. For one, uh, as usual, we have a big thank you to the Discord League in general and to the Patreon community for funding uh, this podcast or sister podcast about RPGs. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think the only other thing, sort of immediate news, is uh, sort of the grand championship announcement for the US. So, Fantasy Flight Games and the Nova Open is proud to announce the 2019 United States Legend of the Five Rings Grand Championship. Join us Thursday, the 29th of August at the Hyatt Crystal City in Washington, D.C. The winner of the Grand Championship, previously known as the National Championships, will receive a flight and accommodations to attend the 2019 World Championship at FFG Game Center in Roseville, Minnesota. The top four will also receive invitations to attend the 2019 World Championships. As uh, recently announced, participation in the World Championship for all FFG games are now by invitation only, so it is one of the ways you can earn an invitation to Worlds. Also, stay tuned for additional exclusives and prize announcements. You can register online at NovaOpen.com. I was going to say, it's good that you actually read this, because I don't know what any of these abbreviations for these states actually mean. What? How mean. dare you not know what my American cities and states mean? Don't you know that MM yeah, clearly like, I, means Minnesota? I obviously <laughs> know what Washington, D.C. is, because it's currently under siege from a load of gangs, Listen, and I'm running I keep around shooting you, up tons Finbar, of stuff all over Division it. 2 is not America. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to get it confused, but <laughs> what with all the guns? Well, I... Let, Look, I'm in the White House. I've got guns. I mean, how more America can you get? So this is quite this is quite an interesting announcement, isn't it? Because, you know, we have heard that they are trying to shift away from maybe even the Kotai, Grand Kotai thing into more sort of like regional, national 
Grand Championships. Mm. And this is sort of the first one we've seen announced. We haven't seen one announced for Europe. Uh, we're just getting a Grand Kotai at the big European Championship event in Poland. And there is, of course, this question as, you know, these exclusive prize announcements. What are they going to put on the line that's different from their Grand Kotai season prizes? Is there going to be backlash maybe from other parts of the world where they're not having a Grand Championship and they don't get access to these prizes? I don't know why there would be a backlash. I mean, this is a largely a community generated event that got sanctioned by a fancy flight with uh alex watkins but i thought this was part of their new like event structure rather than being a community event well i don't want to speak for anybody but i i think it's somewhere in between i think it's like the community said they wanted to do something and then alex watkins uh put his uh, stamp of approval on there so i could be okay. completely wrong about that however I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but from my perspective, and certainly the perspective of maybe the Europeans and potentially people in Australia as well, if the Americans are getting a grand championship with exclusive prizes and also getting worlds with exclusive prizes, it's not that easy to fly across uh, the pond or the Pacific or whichever body of water separates you from America to go and get these prizes. And it, it does start to feel a little unbalanced. If, for example, this is a trial of a Grand Championship format that's then going to roll out into Europe and some of these prizes are going to be available then next year in Europe at the same... You know, there are many ways to do this in a positive way. There's just a bit of a question mark until we know what's on offer that's going to make this event appealing and different from, say, a Grand Kotai or that sort of thing. This is a, a, a kind of a test event. And, you know, if things go well here, we might see some things um, in other parts of the world. And I think if people are interested in having something like this in Europe or in Australia, I would say let's contact Fantasy Flight. Go to there and say, hey, I would like to step up and coordinate the start of a championship here in my region. I think that would be the best approach if people really want to see something of this nature in their zone. But I'm really excited to see this Nova Open US Championship and uh, hopefully hope it does well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so what else is going on? I mean, just before we came on to record this podcast, we had the finishing of the the season three of the Discord League Cup. Uh, Ace Case won with Scorpion by Dishonor. Everyone is surprised there. Uh, his unicorn opponent did get him down to two as well, but I'm sure there were a few assassinations and things chucked out there. So, you know, Scorpion dishonors someone. That's news, I think. I have to say, I have not been following the Discord League uh, this season uh, for the last couple of weeks very closely, been rather busy. But I do notice that Ace Case is piloting Scorpion, and that is not Phoenix. So two things to have taken over here. Scorpion, after taking a massive hit from the recent restricted list, and even got a little, some more tools from Children of the Empire and stuff, not necessarily bottom of the case. Still uh, making wins, still doing more cases. Uh, there was a discussion that said, oh, after Paris and after Adepticon, you can't really get that much data and stuff. However, we're still seeing Scorpions doing well. Also, let's not forget that Unicorn also got into the final, and this is pre warriors of the wind unicorn so you know you know there's some of these cards in warriors of the wind are good some are bad but ultimately they're going to bring unicorn up a lot i think now phoenix is uh still very strong and probably you know if i had to put money in it probably considered the strongest deck in the environment i would not argue that whatsoever and stuff but we, what we were not seeing is what we were seeing last year which is we would see you know three to four scorpions in the top four or scorpion crab scorpion dragons left and right and stuff we're seeing a pretty robust placement of all clans and types making it into these final cuts you know depending if you would think you're 
clan that's good enough to get into the top 16, the top 8, the top 4, the, take home the prize. You know, clans are getting up there. Everyone's got the potential. Except in like one month when Crane Pack comes out, and then we're going to take everything. I mean, you say this, but the, the top 4 of that Discord League competition was two Scorpions paired off against each other. A phoenix and a unicorn. So Scorpion is still clearly doing well for themselves. That's exactly my point. Like they are not like have not been uh, beaten into the ground and being like nerfed into being unplayably bad. Bad as was the fear after the last restricted list we have. Yeah, or a lot of good players play Scorpion because they like to feel evil. I don't know. I mean, it could be one. It could be the other. I myself have been having trouble with Scorpion lately, as that was previously a match I had fairly on lockdown. I could know what to expect. Now, because Scorpion have so many ways they can build their deck, because most of their strongest aspects are still core to their deck, they can splash anything, they can take almost anything they want as the restricted list. Uh, so when I sit down with a Scorpion opponent, I'm wondering, like, is this person playing Forge Edict, or is he playing a first Fate Worse Than Death? Is he playing Dragon Splash to deal with heavy attachments, or is he playing Phoenix Splash, so I have to watch out for Consumed by Five Fires and uh, Display of Power? I don't know these or things. Or is he playing Crane Splash, and do you have to worry about mark of shame into noble sacrifice scorpion do have a lot of different variety at the moment that does make them harder to play against it's certainly quite interesting and oftentimes you don't know what their plan is until it's too late <laughs> yeah that is true i mean you're, you're there and you think you're fine but really you've been swimming all along and you're in a river but is it a river because you didn't know it was a river the moral of the story is a lion won adepticon so they need to be banned yeah i mean we keep coming back to that but they have one two Kotai now, so clearly there is something going on here. Um, yep. <laughs> but then, as we know, when Lion are losing, they're actually winning, right? <laughs> this is important. We'll, we'll get to this in a minute, right? Because um, <laughs> we need to talk uh, a bit briefly. So just about Kotai coming up. Um, so obviously, you know, you were saying there's a Kotai in Colorado coming up. Yes, prior to recording this, I had to educate Finbar here because he, he doesn't know what a Colorado is. So I had to explain to him the concept <laughs> of like mountains and things of that nature. No, I know what Colorado is. It's from the Spanish colored red, which is a reference to the sentiment rich Colorado River. Listen, I know for a fact you it's have a Wikipedia. Is the Centennial State. <laughs> Yeah, I have it open. I know nothing about this state. <laughs> Famous people from Colorado, right? Here we go. I have no idea who any of these people are. The, the important thing the listeners need to know is on April 27th, there's going to be a Kotai event happening in Colorado. <laughs> Somewhere in America, right? Which I can find on a map if I type in Colorado. <laughs> yes, in, in Denver, no less, in Colorado. Which I assume is the capital city of Colorado. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. If states have capital cities. Yeah. Yes. Uh, April 27th. It's going to be awesome. You should go to more Kotais. They're really fun. And then, of course, we have the Athens Kotai, which I think is just a regular Kotai, not a grand Kotai this year. Now, this is where I'm culturally dumb. Is Athens in Greece? I mean, there's also many Athens in America as well, but you can't steal all the cities, right? You're not wrong. The Athens in Greece with the real Parthenon, not the fake American um, Parthenon, uh, is in, in Greece. Yeah, it's going to be hot. It's going to be May the 3rd to May the 5th. It's my birthday weekend, so I will not be there. But Athens in the summertime, you could do worse. I think you could do worse. Maybe go to Athens, then you know get out of a city, go to like, southern Greece, maybe hire a yacht, maybe sail around some islands. Take your Alphavar buddies with you. Play Alphavar on the boat while you're sailing around, you know, 
pay someone to sail you in a yacht around islands, <laughs> and so you can play more L5R on the boat, how, right? I how mean, much money do I have? I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most pricey coat I have ever seen. How much does a boat cost? Now you see my point about events in the US for Europeans, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you really want to come, but you can't afford it. All right, yeah, so that's that's Kotai's coming up. Uh, if we've missed your event and your event was pretty big, uh, then let us know. I know there are certain people who are organizing quite big events uh, with swords as prizes. Uh, we have an unofficial event coming up later this year in Europe being organized by the Spanish um, Alpha Var team called the Amethyst Championships. Uh, still waiting for information on that, but it's looking to be quite exciting. Uh, they've got a writer on board to do a bit of fiction about it, and they're trying to get FFG to take it on board as like an official, like fiction event. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, like the Amethyst Crown was like a cursed relic that gave you, I think it was either good fortune or great intelligence, unless you lost it, in which case it cursed you and your family and everything for the rest of your I life. I can't remember because at a certain point in the lore, there became like. 50 freaking jewel champions and they all are responsible for different things yeah but the amethyst champion like literally had a crown and its job was to protect that and use it for the betterment of the empire mm. so it was less like the emerald champion you know does the laws and the jade champion hunts maho sukai and the mm. ruby champion trains emerald champions yeah i mean the crown of the amethyst is kind of like evil mm. uh, but it brings you wealth and stuff it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like, like, look at this amazing crowd. It's, like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it, it would be very good, just based on the sort of rumblings we're having about attendance, if FFG stepped up and said, if you guys really want to make this an annual thing. Because it's a charity event. It's going to be huge. Uh, the Spanish Alphavar crowd um, are just really lively and really friendly, uh, as I was at Madrid in December. And... If this takes off and becomes a yearly thing, it could be a highlight of the European uh, Alpha calendar, and it should have some sort of story thing related to it. That would be quite nice. Looking forward to it. I hope it is a success. Let's see. Let's move on to our main topics, which is just the you know updates of the current packs. The Unicorn Pack just came out uh, yesterday for me here in America. I have have you they, you gotten uh, Unicorn Packs over there in Europe? It is in the shop. I have not yet decided to go to the shop, which is like ten minutes away. But <sighs> that is like peanuts you know, right there. I was gonna say. But there's like staircases, and <laughs> I have to cycle. And it's been raining and cold. Well, I guess I would just bring it to me. Well, order it on Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to order it on Amazon. I'm going to go to my local shop and I'm going to buy the pack from them. But I, you know, I could have gotten it delivered by them. But no, 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 no. I don't need that. Now, for for me as a crane player, not much in this unicorn pack. I am very excited about. We already talked about uh, Kikita Ryoku, who's the only thing I can look forward to. Doesn't quite fit, but some people are playing around with her. But uh, my local unicorn yeah. players, I've got uh, quite a few unicorn strongholds in my um, in my play group and stuff, and they are over the heels. They are excited to tear into this unicorn pack. Uh, I'm going to be blitzed and have weird little deer creatures coming at me, and I'm going to blow them up because you shouldn't waste six fate on freaking deer creatures. It's looking good. 
it's not wasting six fate if you have to give them more fate to put on. Like you might as well just set the fate right on fire and just like walk away from the table. That'll be that'll be a more effective strategy than buying the stupid deer creature. <laughs> You're gonna have a six six attacking you turn one, and it's gonna smash your face in with its hooves of doom, right? Okay, that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. That I'll be right. The last time we talked about the other clan cards that were coming in the unicorn pack. And of course, now we've just had the other clan cards that are coming in the crane pack spoiled. In an article titled Broken Wings, which is exactly what we want Take to do when we're playing against these Crane. broken wings. You're triggered. And learn to fly You're triggered again. now. Learn to live so free. Oh, no. Stop. No. Okay. <laughs> no. For that, we are going to break your wings. Oh, no. no more wings. for you. The clan that is allowed to have wings now, because the Crane clan's wings have been taken away, is of course Phoenix, who have a very interesting dynasty character coming in the next set. So it's a courtier scholar, one, two for two for eight, that's fine. But the ability, card abilities triggered by your opponent cannot cause cards to be discarded from your hand. Static across the board. So this is targeted meta for like two or three cards in the game right now? Well, it stops, it stops so much. It stops spies at court, restoration of balance, policy debate. You know, it stops all those crane cards. It stops Paragon of Grace. It stops, what's the one that makes you discard a card to pay an event? Oh, uh, Doji Shigeru. Yeah, exactly. It stops all of those. So this is a very good anti-crane card. But also it just, you know, it prevents a lot of very interesting effects. <laughs> then, of course, we've got the fact that this card is called Chukon Nobui. That's the part I find interesting, the Chukon name, which is another vassal family for the Phoenix clan. Yeah, who are basically in charge of the Rokugani version of the Dewey Decimal System. They kind of came up with the way that the Phoenix sought through all their libraries, and it was such an important job that they basically gave them a vassal family to to do it. The freaking Rokugan Dewey Decimal System. So you took you take the nerd birds and you find like the nerdiest ones among them and made a little vassal family out of them. Yeah, but this one can't read. Yeah, like... <laughs> That's what you pointed out to me before. Yeah, and then I heard this from one of the other <laughs> podcasts. Like, this is a, a, a clan whose entire thing is libraries and bookkeeping, and this lady can't read. Yeah, the first character that we see from their family cannot read. That's why she has a little pack mule. She was like, here's a pony. You need to go away. <laughs> well, no, she's she's going out amongst the, the world learning oral tradition, which is quite interesting, but she can't read. I mean, this coupled with those Agasha that I've been complaining about for weeks, who just uh, Bushi instead of Shigenja, it really does sort of imply a sort of tone deafness when it comes to how people view their own clan family characters, if that makes mm. sense. If you see a Chukan and you think, oh, those guys are great, they're the library guys, and then you see one that can't read, does that sort of lessen the effect of seeing a Chukan out there? If you see loads of Agasha and they're Bushi, you know. You know, I rather I rather like that because what we often see, especially when uh, if there's a story and they don't have a lot of time to really give like flesh out any individual characters, it's very easy for anyone to just kind of like default on their clan stereotype or their fa family stereotype, and it kind of like it cheapens a lot of the the narrative of the game where there's people are like very mm -hmm. um dynamic you know like they're individuals they're people and stuff you can have a crab duelist you can have a mantis you know heroic individual you know these things can happen i do like the emphasis they seem to have put back on like proper flavor text that explains who these unique characters are 
Um, I think that's vital. It just, you know, it just seems that their choice of certain unique characters, you know, maybe a bit sitting a bit off, you know. Like, why pick the one person who can't read? Why pick the Agasha Bushi instead of the famous Agasha Shigenja? You know, I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about that. So <laughs> we're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> well, boom on. I don't want to talk about Broken Wings too much because why would I talk about a bunch of things that are like supposed to be anti-Korean? But something I found interesting is Kitsuki Jusai, who is the Kitsuki Daimyo, four cost, three military, four political, two glory, courtier daimyo. Uh, reaction after honor, honor dials are revealed, if your honor bid is equal to an opponent's, move one fate from that opponent's fate pool to an unclaimed ring. This is interesting because he's a pretty solid four drop character, very powerful ability, and I don't think he will ever see play because he doesn't meet the threshold of how broken a card needs to be before it gets into a dragon deck. There is an argument for putting more courtiers in your dueling deck so you can run for shame, which combos really well with Hitomi. Um, there is this idea that we'll do a Crane Splash deck at some point that honors characters and having that two glory be really good. His ability is quite strong, just in terms of like, we both bid five, I steal a fate from you, kind of, if I'm first player. Um, I think there's a lot of play here. I think, you know, he combos quite well with Master Alchemist. I think it's a different kind of deck that we're not ready with for the dragon which is more courtier heavy because i i've seen a lot of the clans are really starting to develop like uh secondary paths they can grow out of and you know kitsuki courtiers is one of them uh similar to um so scorpion ninjas and stuff something that's like not quite there but coming up on there right you can build a deck that like doesn't fit entirely into what is the quote-unquote the deck and start branching out to new avenues of play yeah though we haven't really seen anything that would indicate that courtiers are going to be a huge theme for dragon yet uh, he has no place in the standard issue uh, Kensai deck that it kind of is the standard dragon deck right now and stuff. But a new deck that's more political focus and stuff, he might find a home in there, maybe. Well, he does fit in with dueling, so he might find a slot in there. We'll kind of see. He's very good to policy debate off, which is quite good. Um, yeah, but that's Broken Wings. So the next thing, of course, that we got spoiled is, of course, Justice for Satsume, the third uh, clan uh, dynasty pack. Some interesting things in there. A new lion theme, where if you have less cards, you get stuff. It's a sort of rewarding lion for being in a worse position. It's a bit, it's a feel feel a bit bad about that, but we'll see if it sort of works out. Yeah, I mean, lion, like, I, I don't even know what to say. If, I guess if they, the plan is if we just keep giving them bad cards. They've won two Kotai, so they're, <laughs> they're in a good position, right? I mean... You know, factual statement. Lion has, in fact, won more Kotai than Crane has. So these are true statements we're saying. Okay. Worlds. <laughs> They're tied on worlds is the correct answer. But yeah. So real quick, I'm not going to go to it. So we have Matsu Switzfear. She's a 2-2 two, two for 2 who gets plus 2 military if you have fewer cards than your opponent in your hand. And you have Steward of the Rich Frog, who's a 2-1 for 3 who is a courtier who cannot be dishonored if you have less cards in your... Uh, no, 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 no character you control can be dishonored. Not just her. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so, so, like... She's quite... I mean, a two-cost that stops all of your characters being dishonored, even from their own pride, is pretty strong. But you have to have fewer cards than you had, which means you're behind. 
I mean, it synergizes well with a lot of the cards that Lion have that draw them cards and things where they've got less bid dials and things like that. So this theme is coming together. Uh, it's one of those things that you won't know it's hit critical mass until it's hitting you over the face. Yeah. It's very, like, these abilities are kind of, I don't know, interesting. Like, like I don't say it in a patronizing way, but, like, are these abilities worth losing, sacrificing hand advantage? And on one hand, the answer is no. These things, abilities are not that strong. On the flip side, the more flippant answer is, well, you're only having less hands of, like, these worthless lion cards, which isn't, like, a solution to the problem. But the lion cards, they're not worthless. It's just a case of... Like, but, it, but if you think about it, this, this does reward playing more cards in a more aggressive tempo in the game and then turning on all of your abilities. It is an interesting design space. Um, if they keep building on it, there could be an interesting place for Lion to go here where they can be more burn thoroughput, but still have a lot of things that then get turned on once they've burned through their hand, which I think could be quite good. Like the other way I would see uh, some cards like this being worthwhile is if they are intent on like this game is finishing turn two one way or another, you know, burn, burn hot and fast. HMT Lion is a lot harder to turn on with its five strength requirement so it makes it harder to burn as easily as unicorn who just need to have more characters now one card i am kind of interested in is sharpen the mind it is a two influence attachment for the lion clan cost zero gives no bonuses um as an action during a conflict discard a card from your hand attached character gets plus three military and plus three political until the end of the conflict so this card is meant to synergize with the aforementioned two characters of I want to have fewer cards in my hand and get like bonuses on the back end for doing so. And it does do that as so as valuable as to make those characters turn online. That's debatable. However, as something that can just for anybody just, hey, here's a card that happens to be dead in my hand during this matchup. I can just turn it into a plus three plus three. That's a bit intriguing to me, especially since political is rather difficult to gain. For me, specifically looking at dueling, like the li dueling decks live and die by if they can have higher stats than their opponents. So if I could just slap this on somebody, chuck a card that I don't really care about, and suddenly I can policy debate anybody I want to, that's intriguing to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that itself, turning any card in your hand into a force pump, is interesting. Of course, you're spending two cards to activate that force pump. Um, and we haven't really seen, what's her name, Utaku Yumino, the unicorn guy, uh, girl, sorry, who gets plus two, plus two when you discard a card, seeing that much play. But there have been times when actually her ability is quite powerful and has been quite effective, mm. especially with all the new honoring effects that are coming through. So this sort of thing, you know, there is a design space here. And if, if Lion get enough things that reward them for having through fewer cards in their hand, then this allows you to turn any useless card into one that is actually, you know, a force buff that's going to help you win Breaker Province, on political especially. This is also why I think this card is going to be the bread and butter of any future jank deck, because most people would have their weird ideas. It's like, oh, I think this card and this card are going to work really well together, except I played like 10 matches and that scenario only showed up like two or three times and they're just useless the rest of the times. Well, this solves that problem. 
if you're just going to double down on bad ideas. So it's like, oh, this card, my, my grand plan didn't work. But I could just still get plus three, plus three out of it. So did I didn't really lose anything. You know? Well, this is true. I mean, it's a place to put your second assassination. It's a place to put, you know, your peasant's advice if you're not playing against uh, Phoenix or, or like Crab or something. You know, there's lots of ways to use up cards then. Um, the question is, would you rather just play a different card that's going to be useful in every matchup? To move on slightly, before we get into the unicorn cards in the uh, Justice for Satsume, speaking of what we talked about earlier, about the conflict between uh, Doji Hotaru and Doji Kuwanen, some of the cards that have been, or the packs that have been announced this year, Fancy Flight is offering uh, full art cards to use as province backers, as a pre-order incentive for you ordering straight from Fantasy Flight. Uh, the ones for this set show Hotaru and Kawanen appear to be fighting. And mm. given that the the pack has been announced to have two alternate versions of Clan Champions on here, and the tagline for this one is Choose a Side, it has heavily implications that uh, not as all is well between uh, Hotaru and Kawanen. There might be a, a Crane Civil War coming along. Get your shit together, man. Like, honestly. <laughs> What are you doing? You're just causing nothing but problems. Like first you've got no rice because you let some wave wash over all your rice fields. And now oh, we just let the tsunami yeah, hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like could you not just That's a, explicitly a fault of the It's a clan. punishment for your sins, right? For spending too much time trying to be beautiful. And now you're having like some civil war and you know, all because your dad was a bit of a what nutter and one of you thinks oh maybe someone killed him and the other person doesn't care you know i mean satsumi has a reputation of anyone who is not his children seem to like him <laughs> well i think he was one of those you know charming to some people but when he needed to be he's he's, he's the gordon ramsay of the of rakugan <laughs> yeah i'm not going to comment on you know because there has been a bit of negative feedback about me sort of pre-order things because you know and i have checked directly with ffg there is no way to get them if you're like unless you're willing to pay shipping from America if you live somewhere outside of Europe. So um, like, for example, if you were a European crane player, we know there's a lot of those in France and you wanted these card backers, you would have to pay US shipping from the FFG store out to France, which, as you can imagine, be quite a lot. And you'd have to pay import tax as well, uh, which is a bit of a sore subject. I think we're not going to get into about pre-ordering from the company versus buying from your local store. You know, support your local store, guys. But let's let's skip over that, right? <laughs> okay. Let, let us skip over the topic that you brought up. <laughs> no, I know, but I, we could get into it, but we're not going to. Um, I am just going to say that these art of Kunawan and Hotaru was drawn by a person called Agri Karuniawan, which kind of sounds like Kunawan, which I just find kind of amusing. A Asian names do sound similar. No, yes. no, this one literally is spelt similar, dude. Don't. Don't, let's not go down that route, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I want to make a quick comment because uh, so you just have the if you look at the image on Fantasy Flight website, it shows Hotaro and Kawanen uh, grazing arms, apparently be uh, um, facing each other. You see some uh, a crane castle and some crane soldiers dead in the background. Now it could be construed that oh maybe they're facing each other against each other, or maybe these images go on the flip opposite side and they're actually standing back to back to defend each other like good siblings would but if you look at the uh wall that's in the background um our crane scientists have taken the <laughs> with photoshop magic uh have drawn a line and like there's no way these characters cannot be f standing 
in front of each other. Yeah. However, due to the angle of the wall, there is room for like uh, they should be standing like several feet apart from each other. So there's actually room for a third character to possibly be in the middle of this artwork. It's not so, going to be a third character. It's just going to be nah, them fighting each, each other. other. But it's good <laughs> to hear that the, the great scientists have taken some busy time away from their desalinization projects to uh, study such a vital issue. I mean, art science is the only science we care about. <laughs> yeah, salt, salt, more salt. How do we get more salt out of the ground? Okay, so look, I'm just going to briefly touch on Unicorn, okay. because we've been talking about Unicorns so much recently, but for some reason in this pack, they've decided to spoil three Unicorn cards and no Dragon cards. But we haven't actually had a dragon spoiler from... Speaking of salt... No, but we haven't had a dragon spoiler from the Imperial Cycle yet. So either all of the dragon cards are so powerful they don't want people getting upset, or they're all terrible and they don't want us to know yet. But we'll see. But basically, these three, right? You've got a holding that during the Dynasty phase can play two characters from your provinces and turn a card face up. You've got a two-cost guy who searches the top of your deck for a character with cost two or lower and puts them into play, and you've got a card that gives each non-unique character plus one military um, during a conflict until the end of the turn, in term- from your conflict. I don't want to sound flippant, but I don't want it like th- like these cards are all kind of seeming together. But this is what I meant earlier, just about there is there is potential synergy here, and you're not going to know that it's beating you until it's literally smacking your face in, because it will work, it will come together, or it's not going to work at all. Um, Unicorn have what 15 one cost characters now one two cost characters they can swarm better than anyone and you know stuff like this holding makes it possible we'll just have to see if they get that momentum and if that plus HMT can push them through I'm just looking at these three cards and I'm like I'm seeing more of the same from Unicorn which is not necessarily a bad thing since they've they've come leaps and bounds from where they were when the game launched and st- but like these are more like different flavors of things that they're already doing nothing's truly standing out I mean like I don't see anything around here as like oh this is a card that could really like build a strategy around this is more like oh a alternate version of some stuff they're kind of already doing you know it's giving some options to an already pretty established game type well if you add enough options then it turns into reliable which is i think it it definitely reduces the predictability yeah so that's it i mean we could talk about shishora miyako she's a bit of an interesting one uh she's the disguise but she can only be played on top of a non-scorpion non-unique character she can only be played through the disguise keyword. She's a conflict character. And after she gets played, you choose a non-unique character and opponent controls and dishonor them. I've said this, like, it, it's a hard card to play. And the reward is you get to dishonor a non-unique character. It kind of feels like it's a bit, you know, weak. I don't know. And I kind of disagree of how uh, hard she is to play only because... Correct me if I'm wrong, the disguise keyword only works on characters that are two or less, right? No, no, it works on anyone. The the, the 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 criteria is non-unique, um, and of course here, non-Scorpion. Well, I think a lot of people have some uh, not insignificant amount of non-unique characters on the board at any given time, and this is this is a card designed to be splashed in other cards' decks. I mean, you could play this in Scorpion with another card that we're kind of skipping over, which is the uh, Province into the Forbidden City, a five-province Imperial, keeper-only action, 
during a conflict at this province, choose an attachment on an attacking character, discard that attachment. I mean, that's neat. It's like uh, a less good Frostbitten Crossing that fills in the uh, uh, the fire role. I'm not too excited about that one. No one plays Frostbitten Crossing. No one's going to play that one. But it is Imperial, and if someone like this nascent uh, Imperial theme that's kind of, kind of floating around, it's getting some big oomph coming up with Tori and the Emperor and some other things. Um, Scorpion is one of the two decks that can play this Imperial theme if it ever gains some legs. Why am I talking about this with Shoshiro Miyako? Well, she only can be played on non-Scorpion characters. So if you have a Scorpion slash Imperial themed deck, you know, suddenly Ishikawa can turn into a useful character. Well, not, <laughs> not Ishikawa because he's unique, um, but it does mean that your, your, sep- your Seppin Guardsman your Mia Mystics and your Otomo Courtiers could suddenly turn into a Shishoro Miyako. It's not there yet, but you know, it's something. I think, I think it, for now, I, th- I, I think uh, Miyako is designed to be a splash character into other clans, which fits her theme because she infiltrates other clans. And Well, she's currently in the dragon, isn't she? She's infiltrating the perfect land sect. Um, yeah, or something. Like um, and I think her ability uh, reaction after you play this character, choose a non-unique character on an opponent. An opponent controls decide that character. Basic thing is is like, do you have something that wants to key off of uh, dishonoring characters? So we're talking crane. We're talking dragon to a lesser extent. You know. So that's justice for Satsume. Some interesting cards. Still no dragon previews. Why am I even here? Um. <laughs> let's go into so, final shout outs and Finbar said not to do it but I'm doing it anyway give a big shout out and a round of applause for Sebastian aka Seabass for organizing this the the man, the myth, the legend <laughs> he descended from the heavens to bring upon us this discord league uh, this discord server, this podcast and stuff he might have some branding issues but we're not going to hold that against him <laughs> yeah, I mean we continue to be resolutely positive uh, and of course, shout out to the RPG Path for the podcast, who of course would have had an, es- an episode quite recently. Please tune in. They know a lot more about Rokugan than we do. Um, and, you know, they really are fascinating to listen to. And as always, a big shout out to the community for being always super positive about this game. And just, we love you guys and love listening to you guys. So we we'll hope to hear back from you soon. Yeah. So thanks, everyone. Um, as always, I've been Finbar Steel for. Yeah, I'm Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Odimaru. Uh, sayonara!